Welcome to Protecting Your Assets, the show about protecting people, property, and most importantly, protecting your ass. I'm your host, Lucky Luciano, and I'd like you to join me for a fast-paced and often fiery discussion about security issues with my co-host, Brian the Angry Man Claimant. Whether we're piercing the veil of security, talking your duty of care, or raving about the latest technology, we'll share our thoughts on the issues, the trends that are impacting security today and into the future. So grab a coffee and join us for our latest podcast. And don't forget to like and follow us on our sponsor's website, briancleman.com. And now let's talk about protecting your assets. Hello and welcome to Protecting Your Assets and a Happy New Year to all our listeners. It is uh, your host, Lucky Luciano Cedroni, with Brian the Angry Man claiming at my side, as always. And we're going to talk about uh, basically 2022 today, uh, talk about some of the things that we see developing on the horizon and uh, might be of concern and that security practitioners and businesses should be thinking about if they're not thinking about it already and, and, and might, be some, might cause some challenges to the industry over the next 12, 18 months. Uh, but before we get into that, as always, we're going to talk, uh, we're going to let Brian vent a little in terms of what's keeping him up at night. And while you do that, I'm going to pour myself a glass of bourbon because it's going to become my custom to drink a little while we talk about things because I need it. It's my coping juice for you. You know, <laughs> that's not fair. I saw the doctor <laughs> the other day and he told me to just cut down on the alcohol. So here I am drinking Perrier and you're drinking bourbon. There's just something wrong. <laughs> Anyways, Happy New Year's, everyone, and uh, uh, hope you had a uh, safe and fun, albeit quiet, New Year's and uh, holiday season. What keeps me up at night? Um, I'm really concerned about what's happening south of the border with the January 6th insurrection. Uh, Today is, we're coming up upon the anniversary, and it seems that the U.S. is more polarized than they've ever been. And I read in uh, uh, credible uh, uh, media, newspapers, and listening to academics, there is a real fear that the democracy that the U.S. has enjoyed all these years in the beacon uh, of hope they've been for the world could be changing. It, it, It just defies me how everyone is so entrenched in their camp, both sides, Republican and Democrats. And the Republicans are in an alternate universe. When people, when I see the video, as we all do, of the insurrection, of the attack, okay, I want to call it an insurrection for a second, and I look at what happened that day, and then I hear Republicans that are uh, uh, in an alternate universe saying that it was just a normal day in the Capitol. Mm-hmm. It just is incredible. And what keeps me up at night is with this type of polarization and people honestly believing the things they're saying. I think the future is in jeopardy. I'm really concerned for the midterms, and I'm really concerned that President Doofus, who's related to our prime minister, might come back into power. And I really think that would be a bad thing. That yeah. could be, listen, you, you know, the uh, Trumpites, the people that stormed the Capitol were there as patriots to save the freedom that was won, hard won in 1776 when they uh, got their independence. I'm sorry, you've got a rule of law. You've had courts that ruled that the election was fair. And the whole premise of American democracy, or even Canadian democracy, is the transfer, mm-hmm. the peaceful transfer of power. When that can't happen, oh my God, what a slippery, slippery slope. That worries me almost as much as COVID and probably more. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I, to me, and we've talked about it for, for quite, a, quite a while now, um, 
the the movement of democracy, uh, you know, where it's heading in the states in particular. Yeah, it's been a it's been a, a shit show for lack of a better word. And uh, Trump is is not the the lunatic or or this nut bar that the press has made him out to be. But certainly, the left, the guy knows what he's doing. He was gonna do a he was gonna do a speech today, uh, yeah. recognizing the the January sixth um, insurrection, um, and he wisely backed off from that. Uh, but more interestingly, I heard uh, some speakers from the U.S. Uh, on the radio last night, um, basically talking about the fact that you know he's quietly re. Um, reassessing or maybe repositioning himself on the right. Uh, a lot of people think that he, he's relying on his hardcore, you know, Bible-thumping extremists as his base. Um, but if you look at what he's doing, he's actually trying to appeal to a much larger audience, yeah. to grow that audience. And the thing that I find concerning, and it's in Canada too, I, I'm going to say, you know, it's not about Trump, obviously, with Canadian politics, but I think Trudeau is much the same poses much the same danger. When you've got the media writing off people who are opposed to those two individuals and basically writing them off as crazy or, you know, they're just off their rocker and, and whitewashing them all or, or generalizing that they're all sort of off base, it discounts and and doesn't validate the the underlying currents that that are bringing those people to the forefront, that are bringing that 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 support to the forefront. So you know, uh, maybe it's a little. Uh, I'm being a little vague in it, but to me, that that right wing movement is not all nutters, and it's Jeez. getting bigger and bigger. And by ignoring it, we're just facilitating that danger. Well, first of all, the left is in disarray. I yep. mean, the the Democrats they go from the far right, uh, far left of the party, uh, uh, the AOC component and Bernie Sanders component to the jo Joe Biden component. They're not at all uh, united. And yeah. you've got to be united to fight the threat that's happening right now. I agree, Trump is crazy like a fox. And when I heard that he canceled his speech for today, I wishfully and wrongly thought, it's fu he's finally getting it. He was wrong, he's humiliated. But no, he's crazy as a fox. I heard several analysts say that what happened was he's going to make a run in 2024. This makes him certain that he's going to make the run. Yeah. He knows that he's got his base no matter what. So he's trying to soften the approach to get the other part of the Republican Party that he needs in order to win the election. And that's scary. And I got to tell you, I really didn't want to say things like this uh, during the Trump years. But the parallel to Nazi Germany is yeah. uh, so, so close. And, I, and I'm not saying that Trump is going to put Jews or anyone in, in concentration camps, but Hitler came to power under the Weimar Republic, which was the most democratic uh, government the world has ever seen to that point. And he was able to steal an election, get in there, and once he was there, he was able to change the rules so that he was in there un until the war ended. I really think the same is a play right now. I think Trump one of the first things, if he gets elected, we'll try and do a constitutional change and take away term limits. The man is a danger, not to just the U.S., but to the world. Yeah, well, he, you're absolutely right. He, he reminds me of that. That era is similar. Like we have our Chamberlains walking around saying, oh, don't worry about Trump. Don't worry about Trudeau. We have peace in our time. You know, these guys are just being elected and they're going to be controlled and they're not really as bad as they might seem. It's not as dark as it might seem. And then, you know, we're sort of in that same space. And, and I, that's what I'm really talking about. The, the refusal to acknowledge that the flags are there. 
the signals are there and we are choosing as a society, as a media, to ignore them. That that whole, like today, you talk about his, his stepping back from making the announcement. To me, that's sort of like when the Allies were pushing against the uh, Nazis in, into Germany and thinking, oh, you know, they're on the retreat, they're going to go back, and then all of a sudden the Battle of Bulge hits. They yeah. weren't retreating. They were, re they were just reassessing the situation and getting ready to come back. It's akin to having cancer in your death. You do all the chemo. You go through all that shit. The tumor is shrunk. They say we want to do one or two more. You say, no, no, I'm fine. Forget it. And then it comes back and it kills you. That's what's happening with this. That's doctor. what's happening. Yeah, I and, agree. Like, I really am concerned. I am really concerned because the enemies of democracy, Iran and China and uh, Russia and, and North Korea, they are just chomping at the bit for America to do themselves in. They haven't had to fire one bullet they have or missile. They haven't had to lose one life. And they just sit back and watch America implode. And yep. America happily is doing that. Yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, let's keep it moving. I want to get on to some of the topics for 2022. We don't have a, a specific topic today. We're going to just uh, share some thoughts on what we think some of the trends are or some of the concerns are going into the new year. Uh, that security that are going to impact security or, or uh, should have security practitioners thinking. Um, so I don't know if you want to go first or you want me to go first. I'm happy to do either or. What do you prefer? Well, I'll just start off because I like talking. I know. It's tough to twist your arm. It is. It is. <laughs> COVID, uh, I think, is still going to dominate a big part of 2022. And from a security point of view, I know that my friends in the contract industry are telling me that they are really hard-pressed to maintain staffing levels at sites because of the high rate of absenteeism. Uh, you know, I've always maintained, and more so now with Omicron than ever before, COVID, the threat of COVID is not the 1% or 0.5% of people that die or the 2% of people that are in the hospital. It's the collapse of the supply chain, and we're seeing that right now. We're seeing the hospitals declare code blacks or whatever because they yeah. don't have staff. Just the other day, the Edmonton police uh, declared a code black, maybe got the color wrong, what where they didn't have enough uh, officers to go out on the road. Uh, it's, you know, if we were upset before the holidays that we couldn't get our stuff made in China because it was sent in California or in Europe, that's only going to be worse. And if things are tough, it impacts security. It impacts the safety and security of people. It impacts security programs. A lot of clients are calling us right now. They're dusting off their COVID programs and return to work protocols. They want to revisit it because what worked and the assumptions in no longer there. So I see that really dominating probably the early part of 2022. Yeah, and I, I agree. And that, that brings me into one of my, my points. I, I really have uh, three sort of things that I have on my mind. And one of them uh, transitions well into what you just said. And that is, you know, what, what does that mean for security? When you've got police services that are suffering 35, 40% absenteeism because of sickness, and what I want to throw on top of that is the trend that we see certainly in the US and, and Canada, again, is no different, although we might think we are, um, this trend towards lessening um, you know, um, punishment for criminals. Um, and so basically encouraging people to go out there and do whatever they want because they know they're going to get slapped on the wrist. Um, and that goes not just for the guys that we talked about you know, breaking into stores and, uh, and, and doing thefts as large groups, but even white collar crime through the roof. No one, no one gets caught is, is worried about what the, what the implications are. They'll do their six months, even though they'll do two years. They come out, they've got millions of dollars hidden away somewhere. So when you couple that with the fact that we've got less enforcement on the street, 
They're only going to, you know, we talked about before the call, you were saying that police in Toronto are going to only do priority calls. So that leaves your break and enters, your thefts, your theft of property, mischief, all these, you know, they're not serious crimes, but they cost people money, losses. How are How is security going to step into that void? Because they're going to have to. Somebody needs to fill that void, I would hope. Uh, how is security going to do that? Should they do that? And are they prepared to do that? That's really one of my concerns. Well, yeah, and just to build on that, I really think that the outlook is a little bit bleak because the economy is really not in a good shape. Most businesses and medium-sized businesses aren't in a good shape. And security is one of the first things to get cut. It's the yo-yo effect, you know. Like David Salston says, you nothing like a good terrorist attack to fuel the security budgets. You know, people right now are looking where, how, how do we adjust the budgets? They're going to cut security when they need it most. It's going to come back, but I think we're going to see a lot of pressures in 2022. Uh, I, I, and I'm not talking about security guards. I'm talking about security programs. I'm talking about security technology. I mean, yeah. you know, I want to be clear to listeners. And when Luke and I talk about security, we're not talking about the guard industry. It is one of many components of security. But security really is a culture. It's a way of seeing things and doing a business and, and, and managing risk. And uh, I think that it was hard enough before COVID and before the economic challenges that we have to do it properly. This is just piling on to an already stressed uh, 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 element of the risk management world. And 2022 is going to be a challenging year. I mean, as a consultant, business is good because people are hurting, you know, and I'm getting a lot of phone calls. But, you know, we have several types of clients. And one of them is uh, large corporate clients and, and they're good and they, they are willing to pay. But smaller clients need our services also, and they just can't afford it. So I'm worried about people like restaurateurs, small retailers, okay, that have all sorts of issues and challenges, and they just don't have any resources or ability to reach out and get the help they need. Yeah, and, and it's too bad because it does, that leads me into my next point, and that is, you know, how do we, how are we going to, how do I see security filling that gap? And I think technology is one of them, right? It's it's a cost-effective way to fulfill some of the security, what typically traditional security guards would do or concierge would do. Uh, technology is now starting to make its way into some some of those areas. So to your point, you know, a restaurant can move to a touchless type of program to take in the visitors, to take in reservations. You know, now, you know, I, we've been out a couple of times. I haven't, I don't call anymore to make a reservation. I go online, I book it when I get there. They simply go on their screen. They they confirm it. We, we never have to touch anything. Nobody has to sign anything. It's all done remotely. Um, and I think that that's one of the trends, the positive trends going into 2022 is that the technology is there to fulfill almost any of our clients' needs. But to your point, the clients have to reach out to the experts or you know so-called experts, ask about what the technologies are. And you know there really are a lot of opportunities or, or options out there for the guys who don't want to spend a lot of money and the ones who want to spend top notch by the Cadillac, the, you know, the, the Cadillac of systems. And, and and between that range, there's a lot of opportunity, but you've got to ask, you've got to reach out, you've got to ask for the help. Well, I think you're going to see also, you're right, in 2022, uh, uh, technology being harnessed in a greater way to deal with the problems that are in, such as COVID. We, for a client, uh, commercial building, uh, uh, in their back to work strategy, they want to make sure that once they're open and people are in the building or on the space of their tenants, that they're safe and they're not COVID, uh, carrying COVID. They're not presenting that type of threat. Because if you think of COVID uh, and you think of Omicron and the absenteeism and what that does to a business, 
How is that different than someone coming into your space and stealing a laptop yeah. or a purse? It's a security concern that disrupts the norm. And what we've done is, and I don't know if people realize that, is with access control systems now, they're so sophisticated, you can load data into the back end of the system. So if the company said that you got to be double vaxxed or triple vaxxed to work, you put that into the system, they swipe the card, it sees that you're triple vaxxed or double vaxxed, it opens the door. Yeah. If you're not double vaxxed or triple vaxxed, one of two things are going to happen. Either someone from HR is going to attend the door and talk to you, or you're going to go to a screen. The screen, you, you flip your card, then you go to your smartphone, and the screen will ask you the screening questions, those questions that you're asked when you go to the doctor in a restaurant, and then you will submit it. It will go into the access control database and say, he's not showing any symptoms, then the reader will work. So I really think we're going to see the, uh, there's stressors on manpower, but yep. I think you're going to see technology really rise in 2022. Yeah, I, I agree. Definitely. Uh, I see electronic security uh, becoming more prevalent. And, uh, you know, I urge business owners who uh, and our listeners who uh, are interested in that kind of thing to reach out to us. We're happy to point them in the right, right direction when it comes to supplementing uh, traditional physical security with electronic solutions. And the last piece that I, I see happening in terms of trends for uh, for 2022 is sort of the other side of the equation. We talked about how I see how security, electronic security is going to enhance security programs, make them do more things without having to have physical presence come in. Um, but there's always going to be that requirement to have physical presence of some sort. And my my uh, my concern was one of the trends I see is that every Tom, Dick, and Harry has got a expert um, program that they're bringing to to the masses. They go online, they set themselves up, and they claim to be professionals and accredited and all these kinds of things. And some of the ones I've seen lately, um, and I hesitate to name this specific one because he is getting a lot of airtime. And Come on, making, name him, Luke. <laughs> he's making himself rich off of other people's ignorance. Or, well, don't uh, you know, because we'll have a lawsuit. <laughs> All right. Well, this guy um, who who uh, runs a program named after a very downtrodden city uh, in the U.S. Um, is online right now. And he's getting a lot of negative comments from, uh, you know, legitimate security practitioners on LinkedIn. Um, but basically, you know, and uh, I'll give you his name afterwards. You can certainly go and track him down and have a laugh at, at your own expense, Brian. But go and look at his, this guy's videos, and he's telling people, or allegedly showing people, how to disarm them with knives, to defend against guns being held at people's necks. Like, things that officers of the law who are who are trained every year in doing those types of things would have a high risk or, or a very high probability of getting killed or hurt by, by doing what he's suggesting they do. Um, and 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 he's he's giving this out to everybody, every everybody who you know. You just log on, and all of a sudden, this guy's going to claim that he can train you how to be a, a professional ninja <laughs> on defense. And he's just one example. I've seen a, so many others like him who, you know, you look into his accreditation. There's nothing there. Like there's nothing there. I have I have certifications. I don't go around telling people I'm an expert, and yet they do. And, you know, good for them. They're making themselves rich off of people's stupidity, but they're putting people in legitimate danger. It's somebody's going to get killed because of it, and he's going to get sued because of it. Well, you know, I agree. I, th I see that as a trend in 2022. I'm really big on education and certifications, but 
there's everyone is doing different types of certification programs right now and many of them are competing with others and the thing that i don't understand is that you know uh, why the uh, people that want to convey the knowledge aren't working with the uh, recognized uh, associations such as ASIS and others like that, you know, and present the material through them. Like, uh, there's, uh, I won't name any names either, but there's a lot of programs out there that people are doing, which they should, could do their CPP through yeah. ASAS, okay? It, it's muddying the waters, and I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but things were clarified a little the last couple of years. And for some reason, that seems to be a growth industry. And a lot of people like having little letters or designations yeah. behind names, and they don't care how they get them. So I think it's a buyer beware. I think clients have to look at the person's background, experience, education. And I would tell my colleagues in the security industry, before you sign on the dotted line and you give them the visa card for a thousand bucks, really ask yourself, what is this guy offering? Who is he? And could I not go to a more established route to get the same certification? And I'm not putting down what's happening. I just, it's just happened so quickly. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that in 2022. Yeah. And, and it is up to the legitimate associations to put some framework around that, put some, uh, you know, not necessarily enforcement, but they've got to lead the charge. If I own, like I have a CPP and if everybody else comes up and says, you know, well, we have a, an equivalent to the CPP, and ASIS allows that to happen as the industry yeah. leader. Then that that doesn't help us. Like they need to step up. That is something that they should be doing, not me and you or you know companies. That is an association problem. It should be regulated. You know, I find that with yeah. the healthcare, for example, there's all sorts of people that hang up their shingle, and you think that they're official somehow, but they're not doctors. They're yeah. not registered dietitians. They're not certified chiropodists or whatever. They're just people that took a course on the weekend or something like that and the consumer if you don't ask the questions you're not going to know and the same thing with security and security practitioners so you know i see again it's lucrative money if you think of it a lot of these uh, are very expensive and through savvy marketing they're getting a foothold and as a business model it's brilliant in terms of the value for the money spent not really sure and i gotta tell you like if you look at it and it's not that i'm a big asis person although my whole professional career, I've been part of that organization, they truly are world-class, but they uh, quality control check everything they do. They're ISO certified, they have certification boards and professional yeah. boards that look at it. These guys don't, and I'm not saying they don't know what they're doing. I'm just saying until the smoke clears and we understand what's happening, just be careful with what accreditation you're getting. Yeah, you want to make sure it's the real deal. I mean, you're paying in, in many cases, uh, a lot of money to these guys to come in and look at your organization, do a security assessment, a survey, train your people. You don't just want any Tom, Dick, and Harry to do that. And then, uh, because when things go bad, you know, that inquiry, they're going to ask, who was this person? Where did he come from? Where was your due diligence in making sure that they are who they say they are? I remember with one company, and I won't mention again who they are, but um, we had a lot of problems in a particular shopping mall where you know, our, our arrest rates were through the roof. And we went there and asked who was doing the the, uh, the training, because at the time it wasn't centralized. It was all broken out to, the, to each of the regions. And then lo and behold, uh, they direct us to this website where this guy is a former police officer, former military guy, and the cover of his webpage, to me, says it all. He was fully tacked out in gear, 
with an yeah. assault rifle in his hands, you know, the customary, the trademark shades uh, over his face with the cool hat and looking like he's going to go into Afghanistan and shoot up, a, you know, a, a, save some kind of a prisoner. I don't know what he was going to do, but, you know, like that's the, that's the, the, the presentation he was giving. And that's not the one that you want for your security practitioners. They're not assault uh, no. uh, attack team, right? They're security people. They're there to help. Somewhere between the tacked out guy and Paul Blart, the mall cop. Is There's where a happy you, medium. <laughs> where you need to land. At least that's the world that you and I play in. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's what I, I really wanted to, uh, to bring to light in, in this uh, in this um, podcast was to to our listeners to be careful because you know we see a trend of everybody coming up everyone calls themselves an expert we talked remember a uh, previous podcast talking to um, oh my god the terrorist uh, oh uh, Phil Gersky Phil Gersky and uh, you know he he doesn't consider himself an expert and he's been a, he's been in that field for his whole life if anybody's an expert he's the guy. He doesn't want to call himself that uh, for, for the for the connotations that it brings. And he's sort of, you know, the man's been like 30 plus years in the Canadian intelligence field. And he's probably one of the finest intelligence analysts this country has or has had. And he humbled me because yeah. I used to think of myself as a security expert. And I would actually say that. And ever since that podcast and talking to him, it was hard for me to say I'm a security expert if a man of his stature and knowledge won't call himself an expert. He, yeah. he he acknowledges he's very knowledgeable, but what is an expert? And there's just too much of that. One more thing I'll say also, buyer beware, I've seen more and more uh, on LinkedIn, if you look at the profiles of practitioners, security practitioners, they have all sorts of letters beside their yep. names. I know what a CPP is, okay? I know what uh, CISO is, and I, I, I know what SEPTED level two certification is. I've been in this field for 40 plus years. I don't know half of those letters. They look rather impressive. I don't know what they mean. And every so often when I look them up to see what the accreditation is, it was a 20, a 20 minute course you do online. Yeah. Or it was a conference you went to for six hours and you had a great lunch and now you're that expert. All I know is my doctor, who's my friend, has his name MD. It wasn't a 20 minute course. It was eight years of his life to get it. Uh, you know, got to be careful. Yeah. And the one that comes to mind for me, and uh, you've done it, I've done it, the CTIO course, right, right. offered by the RCMP, right. and people put in their CTIO certified. That's not a certification. It's a two-day course, right? Of course. It's, <laughs> and a, it's a good course. course. And I'm happy I took it and I learned yeah. a lot, but I'm not going to put it on my business card or anything. Listen, I have taken hundreds and hundreds of courses over the course of my career. I'm not going to put them on there. It's not meaningful. There's certain ones that are, such as the CPPs that you have and a lot of our colleagues have, and there's many that aren't. And I just think it it, it makes the profession look uh, uh, cheap when you yeah. do that. Yeah. I agree. So, okay, let me just say, let me just say, having said that, you know, I've just pissed off probably 30% of our friends and colleagues. Yeah, absolutely. I know a lot of them have that designation and, you know, I took it, you took it. It's not a bad course. It's a very good course. I'm not knocking the course, but to suggest that that's on par with uh, the CPP where it took me, you know, hours and weeks to yeah. study for that damn thing. Um, and it, and every three years you have to requalify, recertify for that. And it's a robust process. They don't just give it away. You have to show documentation and get letters and all that kind of stuff. 
that to me is a, is a proper certification. But to our business, uh, you know, leaders and and casual li listeners who aren't security experts, if that's what you want to say, um, you know, they don't know any better. They and they really do have to do a little bit of digging. They have to own it. If you want to 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 bring in a real professional program, you want to build a pro professional program for your for your store, for your company, for your enterprise, whatever it is. Do some research. Please figure out who you're dealing with and make sure that they are legitimate. It doesn't have to be Brian Clayman and Associates. You know, we're there for you. Obviously, if you want, if you want our our uh, our input, our advice, we're happy to do that. But just make sure that who you are dealing with is legitimate. You are smart. You got your CPP after a few weeks. I mean, I know guys who <laughs> took months and years. Oh my! God. It, I found. For you. It was a tough process, man. And believe me, I, I'm glad I did it when I did it because it was way back uh, way back in 2007. It was a different process at the time. Oh, but yeah. it was still a three-hour exam of some 200 questions. I and I crapped my pants every step of I the know. way. <laughs> and I think it's like a 99% is a pass rate or something. It's, it's a tough go. I mean, anyone that has that designation should be proud. And uh, people, clients dealing with people with that designation, at least you could be confident you're dealing with a security professional. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, so that's it for me, really. That's the uh, trends that I see. Uh, you know, crime, how are security going to step into that void that uh, that the police are, are, are admittedly going to struggle with? They don't have the resources. And the fact that punishment has gone away or is going away. Uh, you know, people are going to be more inclined to to commit to crime. I think it's going to become more prevalent, and you know, security is going to have to manage that at the end of the day. So, how do you do that? Talk about the technology piece. I think technology is going to be big in 2022. Uh, following up on that, you know, just because you got the technology, are you using it right? Are you guys trained right to to be able to use it? There's lots of camera systems out there. I remember, you know, certainly with my company, my former employer. I know with you, we've had that discussion. We got these great. CCTV systems, and we're using like 10% of what they were offering us. So why do we spend all this money, right? So that's the other part of it. Um, and then the, the third part was the training that's out there. Everyone that calls themselves an, calls themselves an expert. Make sure you've, you're actually dealing with people who are qualified and what they're saying that they can do, what they can deliver, what their credentials are. Don't just accept it at face value because you're just going to set yourself up for some, some problems down the road. Yeah, I uh, I have nothing more to add uh, other than Oh my god, let me record that because that's rare. <laughs> yeah, I, I hope you're recording this session. It's a pretty good one. <laughs> I just look the light is on so we're okay. That happened yeah. once and you did it once yourself. So it's in the past. <laughs> it hurts though. You put your heart into it and then you find out nothing got recorded, but holy shit. <laughs> it's a low budget uh, program. It I is. Mean, man. Uh, sponsor is doing a Crummy job, and we'll have to get a new terrible, sponsor. Terrible. He can't even buy me my bourbon. I have to go buy it myself. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, I'll buy you some Perrier. <laughs> at least it's Perrier. Yeah, Could have been tap water. I got to stay level-headed when I'm talking with you. <laughs> you're, you're, you've been like a project forever. You know that. Oh, my God. You're gosh. like a crutch <laughs> I carry. A burden. You're, oh. you're, anyways, I'll say that for another one. All right. Well, listen, it's uh, it's a good start to the new year. Hopefully it doesn't end up as uh, as bad as we made it sound. Hopefully there's some good things on the horizon that we just don't see coming right now. Um, but uh, all the best in the new year to you and to our listeners. Hoping uh, for an exciting and a positive 2022. Until our next... Uh, uh, blah. I've had too much. Until our next episode. <laughs> Take care, stay safe, and stay healthy. Take care, everyone, and uh, here's to a 
happy and fun 2022. Cheers, absolutely. Cheers. That concludes this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and will join us in a couple of weeks for our latest episode. Please remember to like and follow us on our sponsor's webpage, brianclayman.com, where you can leave us your comments and suggest topics you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening and don't forget to protect your assets. Oh, my God.